Listen, Christians, this is, this is our time. Um, this is the very foundation of the belief system of Christianity. That if Christ is not risen from the dead, then we're not going to read the entire passage of Scripture today, but if Christ is not risen, then what are we even here for? And it's, it's all in vain. And uh, the Bible says that if, if there be no resurrection, we are of all men most miserable. And uh, I will say this, I've been around a lot of Christians, and I don't think they're the miserable ones. And uh, we have something to be able to rejoice about, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 there's several passages of Scripture throughout the Bible, different chapters that actually get titled, um, like Hebrews 11, for example, uh, would be the faith chapter. And uh, we come over here to 1 Corinthians 15, it would be the resurrection chapter. And uh, the whole thing starts off with the gospel. We'll get back to that um, here in just a, a little while. But 1 Corinthians 15... I pray that you've taken some time this week and gone back and read in some of the Gospels uh, the resurrection account of what took place. It's not a fairy tale, but to be able to read at the end of each of the Gospels about the ladies that were coming to to the grave early that first day of the week. When it says it was still dark, I thought about that this morning when I left the house. I wasn't seeing the sunrise as of yet. I'd already heard from Laconia that it was a beautiful sunrise. I hadn't seen it yet. But what a beautiful morning it was that God gave to us. And several things, and I actually at 5 o'clock this morning changed my message on what I was going to preach down at the Capitol. God started speaking to my heart in another way as I was reading the Scriptures afresh this morning. And uh, But I was just thinking about that morning. They were walking there and And uh, you know the lack of joy that they probably had in their hearts? How many of us get real excited even to go back and have a remembrance at a graveside? And as they were going back there, and they'd they'd probably been there three days earlier, and uh, they were preparing, then they were questioning, and they were asking who's going to roll the stone away. They were trying to actually get into the body to be able to anoint it with the spices and the perfumes and uh, that they had been preparing for the past three days. Who's going to roll the stone away for us and the questions that's in their mind till they showed up and realized it was open. I read somewhere someone estimated that that stone that was rolled in front of that grave weighed maybe about 4,000 pounds. (coughs) It only took one angel to be able to roll it away though. And... uh, Imagine if he would have called 10,000 of them to come down and be able to help him. Uh, I think he would have been in in good shape, but he didn't do that because of us. And uh, he was providing salvation for us for all of eternity, reconciling mankind back to God. And I'm so thankful for that. 1 Corinthians 15, if you found it and you're able to, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse number 51. The Bible says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, 
but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Back to 57 says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to share a few thoughts this morning on the subject matter of victory over spiritual death. Victory over spiritual death. I'm thankful that Jesus did not just give us victory over physical death, but spiritual death. And we're going to look in the Scriptures here this morning. Let's have a word of prayer as we begin. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for the Word of God. We thank You that it's true. And Lord, we're so thankful for Resurrection Sunday that we're able to gather together. We're able to celebrate a risen Savior and not just have a memorial service. But Lord, to be able to remember and to be able to rejoice that Jesus is alive. And He ever liveth and He's seated at the right hand of the Father to be able to make intercession for each and every one of us. And Lord, I'm so thankful for that. Now Lord, would you encourage us from the Scriptures today, draw us closer to you, and Lord, if there's one here to this morning that's never trusted you as their personal Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that they would trust the living Christ today. We ask you to do that work that only you can do now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As I was thinking about the resurrection, I thought on what it must have been like on that morning. Some of us say that it would have been great to be able to be there and to be able to see Jesus walk out of that grave. Well, Jesus had prophesied that He would be coming out. Jesus had told them, you destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it back up again. But they didn't think He was talking about His body. So they laid Him in that grave and then the disciples went and hid because they feared that they were next. And if you go back and look at Luke chapter number 24, it actually gives that account that the doors were actually locked and for fear of the Jews, they were in the upper room up there. But Jesus walked out. We think about what it must have been like. I wonder if I would have had the faith to believe the Lord Jesus Christ when He said, I'm going to raise from the dead three days later. Or I wonder if we would have been hiding out somewhere. 
saying the Jews just killed Jesus and maybe they're coming for us next. And maybe we would have been hiding out. You say, oh no, I would have believed Jesus and I would have been right there looking at my watch saying, okay, Jesus, you said you're coming out. But yet how many of us today still fully live in the victory of Jesus raising from the dead? You understand it was the Spirit of God that raised Jesus. And Paul told us in his letter to the Romans that that is the same Spirit that we have that worketh in us is the same Spirit that, ro- that raised Jesus from the dead. As we come over to the resurrection chapter of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, and we have this word victory. How many of you all are like me and you like the word victory more than you like the word defeat? I like victory. If I'm going to play... I'm going to play to win. If I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight to win. I'm not just getting in for a participation trophy. I'm not saying, well, they deserve the victory more than I do. No, we're going to leave 110% on the field. I like victory. Imagine, and I'll put it this way, I know it's metaphorically speaking, the black eye that Satan got that day as the Lord Jesus Christ conquered death, hell, and the grave and got up and walked away. I mean, never in the history of death had they seen that someone under their own power. They'd lost battles before as Jesus rose people from the dead. But yet here it is, Jesus Himself, as they're holding on to Him, thinking that they've won. But listen, we rejoice in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind us that in that victory over death, that He provided a far more important victory for each and every one of us. And it's not just a victory over spiritual death, even though that's a pretty big deal. But yet the victory over eternal death and spiritual death. And so as I looked at 1 Corinthians 15 here, I I want to encourage us on a few things. First of all, I want you to see the emptiness of defeat. The emptiness of defeat. If we come back in chapter number 15, look what it says back in verse number 12. He says, Now if Christ be preached that He rose from the dead... How say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Wouldn't that be a whole lot easier in life? Hey, this thing is preached, so it's true. This is being preached, so why do some say that it's not true? We're preaching that Jesus rose from the dead. How dare some say there's no resurrection then? Verse number 13, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And that's a statement, not a question. If there is no resurrection, then guess what? Jesus is not alive today. If there is no resurrection, then he's still laying in a grave somewhere. Look at the next verse, verse 14. And if Christ be not risen, 
then is our preaching in vain and your faith is also in vain. That word vain carries that meaning of emptiness to it. Now, I've heard some empty preaching before, but can I say that Bible preaching is not empty preaching? What would you think of preachers that would give their entire life, that would be proclaiming the Word of God, that Jesus died for us and was buried and rose again, just knowing in their heart that it's just emptiness? And Paul is saying, listen, if this is not true, then we are wasting our lives. Then we are living for nothing. We are preaching for nothing. It is empty messages that are being proclaimed. But oh, dear beloved saint, you know as well as I do that it is not an empty message that is being proclaimed across our nation today. It is not an empty message that we read about in Luke chapter 24 or in John chapter number 20 about those ladies coming to the grave that morning. It is not a vain message. It is not emptiness to be able to stand up and proclaim that Jesus Christ is alive. It is not emptiness. We are not wasting our time. We are not emptiness in our preaching. We're not saying there's no use to this. Hey, listen, we're not just getting up here because there's nothing else we have to do. When my wife walked out of the bedroom this morning at 4.30 in the morning, ready and saying, I'll see you at the Capitol. What's the use of getting up and going like that? What's the use of being able to proclaim? What's the use of being able to teach what the Bible says if it's all just emptiness and falsehoods? What's the purpose of it? The emptiness of defeat. Listen, if the devil had gotten his way, he would have kept Jesus down for another day or two. Do you understand even if he didn't resurrect until the fifth day, he still would not have been a savior of his word. Because he said, in three days, I'll get back up. Not five days, not six days. He fulfilled his word to the very decimal point. And he fulfilled every bit of it. It's not emptiness. If the devil could have defeated him, then what hope would we have? Why would we get up here and preach that there is a resurrection from the dead that we're looking forward to? Listen, we were talking about it this week, and I didn't realize how much time had passed, but it was 25 years ago this coming August that we laid my mom in a grave 25 years ago up in Bowdoin, Maine. Laid her in that grave, said our final goodbye, not our final goodbyes, we said see you later. But listen, do you realize why we say see you later? Because we believe that there's a resurrection from the dead. We believe that when Jesus comes back, listen, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, this is not just emptiness. The Bible tells us that the dead in Christ will rise first. My dad made mention of it over and over. He said, how I wish that cemetery... It it was just about a mile down the road from his house up there in Bowdoin, Maine. And I don't know how many times he'd drive by that cemetery as he headed that direction. And he'd look over there on that hill as he was driving by. And he was saying, boy, if, if the rapture would be today. 
Or maybe every time that he'd go by there and he'd stand inside that graveyard and he'd say maybe today that the Lord had come back and he'd be there when she'd come up out of that grave. It was in a matter of five weeks and, and boy, that was very sacred ground to us at that, during that summer. It was in a matter of five weeks that we buried my mom and then about an hour away we buried her two parents. All in a matter of about five weeks as a family. And we kept thinking over and over, listen, this could be miserable to go through as families, but we have hope. And we have victory. And we are not living a vain and an empty life. There's those that are seated here today. And listen, you've had loved ones that have gone on before you. You know that they've trusted Christ as their Savior. And listen, they're just walking real slow up in heaven, waiting for us to be able to show up and to be able to catch up to them up there. And we'll be able to rejoice and to be able to worship our Savior for all of eternity to come. But listen... If there is no resurrection, it's just the emptiness of defeat. Can you imagine the laughing that the devil's doing at Christians around this world if Jesus didn't raise from the dead? You say, well, pastor, um, you weren't there. You've never seen him. You don't know that he rose from the dead. No, but I do have record here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and if it was with anybody else, you'd say it was enough of a record. Where it says that he was seen of above 500 brethren. Do you understand 500 eyewitnesses walking through, all telling the same account? Yes, I saw him. Raise your hand, put your hand on the Bible. You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. 500 of them walking through there saying, I saw Jesus after he rose from the dead. Listen, that would be enough in any court of law to be able to persuade them. But then there's some, you may be seated here this morning saying, I I don't believe that stuff. You're saying we can give you 500 witnesses and you still won't believe it? We can march them through here. You can read the accounts and you can testify of that. But you'd say, oh, I don't believe that. Hey, listen, you're just living in the emptiness of defeat. Hey, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, the devil gets the last laugh. But guess what? He did raise from the dead. We know he's alive. It's not the emptiness of defeat. You say, well, pastor, I just don't know about all that stuff. I mean, someone getting up from the dead and being able to walk away. Yeah, he overcame all that. That's just how powerful of a God we serve. You may serve some other God and he's still dead in a grave somewhere. You know why? Because he has no power whatsoever. Has no ability. Can't take care of you. Hey, I serve a God that if he can get up and walk away from death, guess what? He can take care of me today. Now listen, it's not just the emptiness of defeat, but I want us to come over here to verse number 57 where it says, but thanks be to God, and I want you to see the extending of victory to us. Verse number 57, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory. You say, well, pastor, what's the difference? Well, there's a difference between Jesus winning the victory and us winning the victory. And guess what happened? Jesus won the victory. And He's just extending the victory to us. 
How many have ever, I could use these examples, I won't call out names, but uh, you know as well as I do that when a championship team, when they have won the championship, guess what? Even that person that sat on the bench the entire season still gets a ring, don't they? I never played a game, but I got the ring. Hey, listen. Every one of those championships that the Patriots won, even that person that was carrying the ball bag back and forth gets a championship ring because they're on the team. You say, well, they were never out there. They're not the ones that won the victory. And the victory is extended to us. But listen, I didn't have to die for it. I didn't have to be buried for it. I didn't have to raise from the dead for it. But I'll tell you who did. Jesus. He went through all of that, and in fact, it's His victory, and He gives it to us. And I'm saying, boy, what a God we serve. But thanks be to God. I wonder how long it's been since we thanked Him. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. You say, what is this victory? It's the victory over death. We see this it's starting in verse number 52. It starts talking about the rapture. And then it starts talking about victory over death in verse number 55. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Do you understand? Jesus overcame all of that and extended that to us. How well would you do on your own trying to overcome death? I, I just don't think it works that way. You know how many times, listen, you all been to a funeral. Probably someone at some point really close to you. Do you know how many times I've walked up? Listen, I, I walked up a few years ago and there's my dad laying in a casket. Do you know how many times in my heart I would so wish him to be alive? And as much as I could wish that, as much as I could desire and say, hey, you need to get up, this isn't right, this isn't going to be taking place, I've never once been able to have victory over death. Never once been able to have victory over the grave. But that victory has been extended to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, there's coming a day, I already quoted it, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we read about it here, that this corruptible is going to put on incorruption. How many are, how many are tired of getting old? I'm going to put my hand down because I'm not there. It just seems like every day there's something else that comes up and you didn't even know you had a part of that body to start hurting. And all of a sudden you're saying, where did that come from? Hey, listen, do you understand there's coming a day that there is no more pain, there's no more hurt, there's no more tears, none of that's going to be around because this corruptible, which is just fading away, is going to put on incorruptible and we're going to have a perfect body. You say, well, why do we do that? What did I do to deserve that? Absolutely nothing. But it's extended to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a guarantee that's been given here in verse number 52, 53, and 54. 
For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, and we shall be changed. Verse 53, the corruptible must put on incorruption. Mortal must put on immortality. Verse number 54, the end of the verse, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. You understand there's not one doubt in all of those verses right there? We have a guarantee that all of this is going to happen. Ready or not, here it comes. The guarantee. We have a God that has provided and has defeated death, hell, and the grave. We have a grave that has no victory over us. Right now, graves are being filled up. You know this as well as I do. It seems like around this world, we hear about people dying all around us, and it seems that there's never enough graves to be able to fill. Do you understand how many graves there probably are across our nation and around our world? It's getting to the point right now in some corners of the world that they're just taking bodies and burying them in mass graves. But the Bible tells us that grave doesn't have any victory. Death doesn't have a sting. You say, look at all the power that the grave has. It's conquering and it's drawing everybody down. And, and the two things we say that are for sure 100% are death and taxes. And let me remind you, tomorrow's tax day, okay? <laughs> death and taxes. We say the grave is coming for all of us, but can I remind us that Christ has conquered the grave. And you know something? I may for a little while, I may have to lay in a grave. Y'all can make sure it's a nice one. Okay? Not that I'm going to be paying attention to it. I never thought about You know, I, I never really get into that whole thing. Let's put them up on top of the hill. They'll have a nice scenery. They have a good view up on top there. I'm thinking, it's not what they're looking at. Okay? Especially when you put them six feet down. I mean, you get them a nice view and put them six feet underground. I mean, it just doesn't go together. They just charge you extra for it. It doesn't matter who I'm beside, okay? My dad always joked about it, that he was going to get remarried, and he did get remarried. My mom always joked, he said, you better be careful, I'll lean over and pinch you while we're in the grave. We joke about stuff like that. Can I say this? We may have to experience, our body may have to for a little while, a grave. But I want to remind us that he's extended victory to us over the grave. And we'll be coming out of that one day. But then here's where I want to get to this morning. And, and listen, if you're, if you're watching the time, I understand that. Brother Hebert said that I'm allowed to preach double time today. Um, because we don't have the afternoon service. And so he's right down here in the blue suit jacket with a yellow tie. If you need to see him afterwards. He said I could preach double. But I want you to see finally this morning the eternal impact of victory. You say, what do you mean eternal impact of victory? Look what he says here in verses 57 and 58. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, 
unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Well, I'm thankful that God has put something inside of us, given us a victory, not just over physical death. But do you understand what Jesus said back in the Gospel of John? He looked at his disciples and he said, Listen, because I live, ye shall live also. Do you understand this guarantee that's been given to us of victory over death is only as good as the person given the guarantee? You ever had one of those guarantees from a store and just at the right point that you needed to activate that guarantee and that warranty, you found out that Sears had gone out of business. And now you can't get a hold of anybody. That's not talking about your refrigerator, by the way, Brother Bart, okay? But we think about these guarantees, it's only as good. But Jesus gave the promise, and listen, the eternal impact of this victory, because Jesus rose from the dead, because He lives, will live also. And so He's kept His word. He's kept His word. Hey, do you understand one of the oldest books chronologically in the Bible as we deal with Job all the way back in the Old Testament? Do you understand that even Job said one of the earliest Christians, earliest Bible believers believe in God that said, listen, though after this world, this, this body, worms destroy this body, he said this, he said, but in my flesh shall I see God. In my flesh. Now, he said that all in the same context, saying that worms are going to destroy, talking about natural decomposition of the human body. But then he said, in my flesh, I'll see God. You know, that comes right back to what Jesus said in the book of John, because I live, you'll live also. In fact, Job even prophesied about the Lord Jesus Christ coming down and be able to set foot upon this earth and to be able to rule and reign. Gave the prophecy all the way back there. And I'm saying the eternal impact of this victory. Listen, do you understand every one of us are facing death one day if Jesus doesn't come back? We had a discussion in our young adult class about a month ago on uh, what's the worst way that they could imagine that they would die. Isn't that a great discussion? And so we went around the room and had this whole discussion. And then we went back around the room and asked, okay, if you can choose how you're going to die, what would be the way you'd like to do that? And every one of us are facing death. For some, we start realizing, listen, it's getting closer and closer. And the day is coming and death may be knocking on somebody's door. And we know that we're going to face that. But I want to remind us, for those of us that are saved, death is not the end. Because we've been delivered and have victory over eternal death. You see, the Bible says over in Revelation chapter number 20, at the final judgment, it says, Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And verse number 15 says, And whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Because Jesus lives, guess what? I get to live for eternity. That's why it's called, and Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life. Our life is only as good as 
as the person who gave it to us. I made mention of the guarantee. The eternal impact is as long as Jesus is alive, we get to live. Now, do you think he's going to be giving that up anytime soon? He only died one time for the sins of the entire world, rose from the dead, and Hebrew says this, that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God, and he's not looking to give up his seat. And I'm saying the eternal impact, because Jesus rose, we have victory. He's given us that victory. You say, I don't know how I'm going to die. No, but I know how I'm going to live. What's going to happen after death? Listen, you may be here and that may be the greatest question that you've ever asked before. What happens at death? Let me remind you that Jesus died, was buried and rose again and paid for every one of your sins so that you can trust him for all of eternity and then you'll live forever with him. Boy, it's that simple, isn't it? You say, I don't know about that. We're talking about someone who rose from the dead. Hey, you believe the news media. I think if you can believe the news media, you can believe God. Jesus has been found true a whole lot more times than the news media has. Hey, some of you walked out based upon the weather this morning. You all know how wrong meteorologists are, right? There's not one person that can be that wrong in their profession and keep their job. But there's people that will walk out and say, hey, I'm carrying an umbrella. The meteorologist said it's going to rain. Oh, but I'm not going to believe that Bible. Now, hold on. Something's just not adding up here. It's faith on both sides, and God sure does have a track record of keeping every word. And if he said, I give unto them eternal life, that means that I am going to be able to overcome death, hell, and the grave and to be able to live forever with my Savior. You say, Pastor, why does your church get so worked up around this time of year? Because guess what? We get to live forever. That's the only thing we're excited about is because He lives, I get to live forever. As long as Jesus is alive... I'm secure. As long as he's alive. Some of you sitting here this morning are saying, Pastor, I just don't get that. I just don't know what the fuss is all about. Well, start realizing what Jesus did for you. Start realizing that, listen, this is a pretty big day we celebrate. Do you understand this? Someone who had been dead for three days? No one stood outside his grave and said, Jesus, come forth. No one walked up and took him by the hand and said, Arise. No one did that. At that appointed time, the Holy Spirit of God was there with him. That Spirit came back into Christ and he got up and ascended out of there under his own power. That's a pretty big deal. I'm saying, Lord, the confidence that you've given to us There's people that will live in the emptiness of defeat all of their lives. Not understanding that God has extended that victory over death and the grave to each and every one of us. And the eternal impact of that victory is because He lives, I get to live also. And saying, Lord, you've been so good to us. 
You tell me another gift that's been given to you as good as eternal life. Eternal life. Now, some are still saying, well, this is based upon my works, and I'm trying to do the best I can. You're not going to make it. Some are saying, I'm joining the church, and and I try to be faithful in church, and I'm going to be able to get through. You're not going to make it. Why would Jesus have to die, be buried, and rise again if your church membership could do the same thing? If your baptism could do the same thing. If your good works could do the same thing. Well, just in my heart, I'm a good person. Well, praise the Lord. But that's not what the Bible says is going to get you to heaven. There is a resurrection from the dead. Listen, it's just as real as me standing here this morning. Just as real. Jesus got up and walked out of that grave. And if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, can I say this? He rose from the dead for you to be able to provide eternal salvation. But if you're here today and you are saved, do you understand the impact that eternal life has made in in you? Do you understand, listen, we've got so much to look forward to. We've got eternity that lies ahead of us. And as long as Jesus is living, then we're going to be living. How long has it been since we actually thanked Him for it? And thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. When's the last time we genuinely rejoiced that Jesus rose again? The impact of that. Well, just... I know, it's not exciting to you. All that happened is a man got out of the grave and he's never died since. And he's alive forevermore for you and me. Boy, that's pretty special. O grave, where is thy victory? Death, where is thy sting? Sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to live an empty life. I don't have to preach an empty message because it's real. You say, Pastor, I I just don't know. Well, I know you won't take God's word for it. And I know you won't take 500 witnesses and take their word for it. But if you'd be willing to, would you take my word for it? Because I talked to him this morning. And he's alive. He's alive.